0: 3.06 on the 6.30 Shed Afternoon News. Well, as the countdown continues to the legalization of marijuana in Canada, more rules and regulations are being outlined. Plus, investors are having a field day scooping up stocks and producers across the country. One of
1: the biggest producers will be Aurora Cannabis, whose massive facility by the Edmonton International Airport is nearing completion. Is it done yet?
2: We're finished uh, the middle of this year, and we've got all the glass and steel up. It's looking great. It just came from there.
1: Okay, Cam Batley, the chief operating officer, Officer of Aurora Cannabis joins us in studio this afternoon. First off, thank you. You're all over the place these days. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't believe it. What did you say that you've racked up 60- 60...
2: 60,000 miles so far in travel and uh, flying this year so far.
1: Oh my gosh. So is it just... is? Is it Aurora Cannabis? It's we've got a lot busy. To what's do. going yeah. on? Is it like what's?
2: So we've got we've got uh, four Aurora facilities. Now the CanamEd facility, uh, and we've got a facility that we're building, Aurora Nordic, a million square feet in Denmark. We've got our Berlin-based uh, distributor Pedanios distributing medical cannabis in Germany and Italy, and soon other markets as well. Then people want to hear our story, so you're speaking at conferences uh, and, <laughs> and speaking to investors all over North America. It's it's kind of nonstop, but it's incredibly exciting what we're doing right now.
0: Uh, may I ask? Uh, I. I read an article did you also just buy a distribution uh, or
2: retail not exactly, but we did okay. invest $100 million into Liquor Stores N.A., which is the right. the leading private uh, liquor retailer in Canada, and they have a presence in Alberta of about 200 stores. And the purpose of that is so that we can work together to develop uh, cannabis outlets that are really attractive, extremely well-run, well-administered. And so I think the intention is to convert uh, some number of stores in the province from uh, liquor to uh, cannabis and just mm. give the consumer an amazing experience. So I hate to throw you under the bus this early in our
0: conversation. <laughs> um, but if you're the producer, the distributor, and the retailer, or yes. have an interest,
2: uh, are you not on the verge of some anti-combines uh, problems? No, absolutely not. In fact, in Canada, let's just start with the, the producers. There are now almost 100 licensed producers under Health Canada. In Alberta, what the provincial government has said is that they will not allow any one uh, chain to own more than 15% of the stores uh, that sell cannabis. And the, the same thing goes roughly for uh, for liquor. I believe though the largest uh, liquor chain owns about 13% of the liquor outlets. In the province. So, no, and we have no desire to be a monopoly. We're actually quite critical of monopolies. Um, and one of the things that pleased us uh, enormously was that Alberta went with a privatized retail system mm. that allows for the participation of entrepreneurs and small business people in uh, Quebec, in Ontario. It's completely different. It's a government monopoly, and we all know that monopolies are great for everybody, right? <laughs> uh, so well, no, particularly government run. Yeah, no, we, we all, we're all about competition. We don't want to be a uh, uh, monopolists and alien.
1: July first was the this great, wonderful date yes. that everyone had been talking about, then all of a sudden we heard, well, I don't think I ever really said July first, and now we're just <laughs> wondering when the new July first is going to be. What are your birdies
2: telling well, you? Well here's what we do know. We know that on June seventh, um, uh, the Senate is going to have a third reading of c45 that's the cannabis Act uh, and the votes are there on the, the side of the the government and the independent senators so uh, as long as uh, everybody remembers how to count uh, we're anticipating <laughs> that it will pass it will it will receive royal assent we will have the regulations published in the Canada Gazette and I anticipate that we'll'll we'll see actual implementation of consumer legalization sometime in early September and from our perspective whether it's July or August or September it 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 really doesn't matter. The important thing is that this is happening. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, any of the cannabis that we would have sold in that period, we have alternative distribution channels. So we can sell all of that cannabis in the medical systems in Europe. So it really doesn't affect us either way.
1: How do you picture those first few days rolling out when it's legal? Yeah. I, what, how do you say like, I'm trying mm. to figure it out in my head that's some of the little, the, some of the little shops that are going to be set up uh, you know with you I mean I'm on your website you can see everything that's there It's mm-hmm. been fascinating I just I'm just wondering what it's going to look like
2: I, uh, let's I don't know about uh, day one but here's what I will say in three years we will look back at this moment with a collective shrug. Go. It was no big deal, Hmm. and and the key reason why is that we're not inventing cannabis use here. Um, You know, Canada has one of the highest rates of cannabis use in the world. All we're doing is removing that market uh, from a vast and very sophisticated uh, black market to a legal, regulated, and safer one.
0: Although I have heard quite a bit of pushback to that theory that uh, this in no way eliminates a black market because the quality will not be the same. The quality of what won't be the same? The marijuana. Uh, our
2: marijuana? Our <laughs> cannabis? <laughs> will, wow. Hey, whoa, are calm saying, down over there. He's saying that our cannabis will <laughs> Well, I'm not saying anything. I'm telling
0: cannabis. you what I've read in the last so few here's, days.
2: So here's what I could tell you. Uh, the quality of the cannabis that we produce is far beyond what you would find uh, in the black market, and there's reasons for that. Um, we have regulators actually looking over our shoulder, and no matter what anybody says, regulators looking over your shoulder, as long as the regulations are reasonable, uh, that's a guarantee of, of quality at one level. We wouldn't buy unregulated meat or milk uh, or liquor, and we shouldn't be buying Buying unregulated uh, cannabis. I can't believe my question surprised you. You've <laughs> you not
0: heard that before? Uh, uh,
2: well, I uh, know. I just, I was surprised that those words would come out of your mouth. <laughs> 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 because we produce the world's <laughs> finest cannabis, whether it's used for medicine today or as a consumer product uh, tomorrow. And uh, and you can tell by, you know, looking at it, by smelling at the terpene profile. The terpenes are the aromatic compounds that give each uh, strain of cannabis its distinctive smell and taste. And we take a huge amount of pride into, in both the science. And the art of cannabis production. So our cultivators would—they uh, wouldn't have been laughing; they would have been growling. <laughs> well, and I, and I think
1: for some of us, you know, we might uh, flash back to um, maybe something that we might have smoked or smelled when we were in college. Not being and, specific
2: about who. Yeah, that's mm. right. And, and it would have come in a baggie. And
1: it was—and it smelled <laughs> and like skunk, right? Yeah,
2: and you didn't know what strain it was. That's you, right. You didn't know what the cannabinoid profile was. Mm, yeah.
1: So. Whereas what's happening now. Mm-hmm. With producers, it's very specific. Again, like I I was on the website today, and I was like, I I don't know what any of this means, mm-hmm. but it was each. There was a profile. Okay, so this type here is a breakdown of absolutely Can I speak every about profile. That for a second, yeah, I would love to. That's, that's something you that too. makes me
2: very proud. We we did something very important. Do you remember um, about a year year and a half ago? There was a bit of a scandal in this sector where a number of companies got caught with contaminated product. They had been using banned pesticides on their products. We decided to make it impossible, to make it objectively impossible for that to happen, we decided to show some industry leadership. So what you're seeing, when you go on our menu on Aurora MJ on our website, you go to our menu under the cannabis products, when you click on any one of those products, you'll see a little icon that says Anandia certified. Now Anandia is our third party independent testing lab, and what that means is that every single product on our uh, menu, whether it be dried cannabis or cannabis oils, uh, that specific lot that you're looking to buy has been tested and cleared uh, of any microbial contamination, heavy metals, or mm. 51 pesticides, and we were the first to do that. We have the most rigorous testing and disclosure policy in the world, uh, and that gives 100% confidence to our consumers, and we thought that that was an important thing to do. Um, we, we That's the kind of leadership that you're going to see from Aurora, and we've been doing that kind of thing again and again.
1: I think, just going back to what Andrew had talked about <laughs> briefly there, but uh, we've, we've had a lot of people text in our text line, listeners of Chedville, saying, hey, you know what, it's going to be cheaper to stay with my regular dealer.
2: Uh, first of all, the it, it could be slightly uh, uh, cheaper if you, if you were pr- to purchase in bulk. So the average price of cannabis in Canada has been somewhere around $10 per gram for about the last 40 years, and then a little bit cheaper if you buy it in bulk, if you buy it by the ounce, which is 28 uh, grams. Uh, that said, the price of retail cannabis in Canada is going to be right around that $10 price point. And what we have learned from research that we've done, that uh, governments have done, is that people are prepared to pay a little bit more to be inside the legal system. Uh, remember, one of the problems with consumer, um, with, with uh, prohibition of uh, consumer use of cannabis has been that tens of thousands of people per year have been charged or arrested and have ended up with criminal records and and problems with their careers, problems crossing the border, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that wasn't justified. Um, what we want to do, what we're doing moving uh, forward with collectively as a society, is to take all of that illegal activity and make it legit, bring it up into the light of legitimacy, and just you know to wrap this up in a nice little bow when was last time somebody said oh no no I I don't want to buy Crown Royal I buy my bathtub gin instead <laughs> cuz it's a little bit cheaper so it, we're going to see in a few years that's that's what's going to happen we're going to have a, a legal legitimate regulated
1: market. yeah i mean a lot of this is you you're talking greek to me to be honest with you i I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm learning as we go as this continues to move forward but i'm fascinated by it because again i, I again i don't think that you're going to see a huge rush. I don't think you're going to see millions of people out there going out there and picking up and starting smoking pot. No, on that's on a never been my basis. issue. I,
0: I don't have an issue with this, but that's never been my issue, no. nor have I ever entertained that argument. The idea is that there's this massive amount of people who've never smoked dope before, or that nobody's ever smoked dope and then driven, or that all of that changes uh-huh. when it's legal. It, uh, it's just th- not. That's just a straw yeah. argument. Uh, I do want to ask, though, about your stock prices.
2: Yes. Uh, they've dropped recently. Yeah, the whole sector. This is This is um, very unlike my previous career, which was biotechnology and pharmaceuticals, uh, which was much more stable. Um, This sector goes up and down. There's much more volatility in it, so all the stocks in the sector are down a little bit uh, in the last little while. But that said, they were up ridiculously in uh, 2017. So, just to to give you an idea, I I joined uh, Aurora in March of 2016, so a little over two years ago, and at that time our stock was at 50 cents. 50 cents? Really? I thought you were going to say $15. Okay. it was at 50 cents, and Uh, And so we're trading over $8 today. Our market capitalization was about $70 million. Uh, Today, it's in the billions. And that's happened in two years. And also in that period, Aurora has blown by all of the companies in this sector, even though we got our licenses from Health Canada a year and a half after the leaders in this space, which include all the other big companies. So we're doing some things right. We're executing faster. Uh, We're an Alberta company, so we're more entrepreneurial, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, We uh, take more chances. Uh, We've done more transactions. We've done seven acquisitions just in the last year, including uh, acquiring Canamed in Saskatchewan for over a billion dollars, which is the largest transaction in the history of this sector. Uh, We move at a faster, more aggressive pace at Aurora, and that's all due to, uh, it's it's the pace set by our founder, Terry Booth, who's an Edmonton boy. And, you know, he's been an entrepreneur for 30 years in this city, and he's the one who had the vision behind Aurora. And in order to work for Aurora, you have to match his energy level and get his vision. Uh, Fortunately, It's a heck of a lot of fun. Hmm.
1: Cam Batley joining us in studio this afternoon, the Chief Operating Officer of Aurora Cannabis. A quick break here at 317. When we come back, I want to talk about labeling and the packaging. Let's get yeah, let's get onto that right after this. Okay, it's at uh, 320 on the 630 Chad afternoon news we're thrilled to have cam Batley the chief operating officer of Aurora cannabis join us in a studio uh, busy busy right now with the facility out by the uh, mm-hmm. Edmonton International Airport the one in southern on, uh, southern Alberta hugely busy in Europe as well yes. right now wanted to talk to you though about labeling rules and your thoughts on on kind of some of those rules and regulations that have come down um, was it a bright yellow background with you know, it looks almost looks like a stop sign uh, thing on so it. So,
2: if you hear me growling, <laughs> uh, when those recommendations came down from the federal government, um, I, I I came out and said what I thought about it, which is ridiculous. Essentially, uh, by going with plain packaging and these you know big huge warnings on it, they're treating cannabis uh, like something between um, tobacco and uh, nuclear waste, uh, <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in, and it's just it's just ridiculous. And and the reason why it's so ridiculous is if If we were uh, to label uh, and package uh, uh, substances in Canada Canada on a relative risk basis, we would start with tobacco, which would be extremely tightly uh, restricted, uh, then alcohol, then cannabis. Cannabis, uh, as as there is ample scientific evidence uh, to demonstrate, is a far safer substance than alcohol. It doesn't even bear repeating in the same breath as tobacco. Um, But in terms of uh, the the, uh, individual health harms and the social harms, Cannabis is a more benign substance than alcohol is. Now, all of this is in the context of saying that it must be used responsibly. The the thing that cannabis has in common with alcohol is that it is also a mild intoxicant that can be used responsibly by adults. And I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. But when Health Canada came out with these ridiculous restrictions, it got to have a bright yellow warning on it. Well, do you see that on a bottle of beer or a <laughs> bottle of wine? Uh, and then they. The, the funniest thing, I thought, was there's a big red stop sign uh, with a uh, cannabis leaf on it uh, to indicate that this product, in fact, contains cannabis. Um, <laughs> your cannabis contains your cannab- cannabis? Really? Yeah, your, your cannabis. <laughs> but what's your, your, your concern is with is your packaging, well, What's your concern? That people will you, be afraid not to buy it? Well, I'll, here's the thing. We've been given a very, very rational public policy uh, by the federal government, uh, one that has majority support from coast to coast, uh, and that is to replace uh, the vast deal legal market with a legal regulated uh, and safer one. Consumer legalization has a really good public policy basis. Uh, and and that appeals to me, uh, you know, since my first job was in Ottawa working for a minister in the Morrini government, I, I like the, the, the appropriateness of this public policy. So if we all agree on that, then I think we have to agree that the central objective of replacing that black market deserves some help. And And so what we, in the legal industry, need is some tools to be able to compete effectively with the black market. Now people say, well, but right now people buy cannabis in a baggie. No. Actually, any of us, any of the three of us can go online after this show uh, and order whatever cannabis products that we like delivered to our home, and they will be properly packaged and shrink-wrapped, and they'll be in attractive colors and so on, in other words the black market is able to do today what the federal government won't allow us to do tomorrow and that doesn't make sense. You
0: know that had to be all about just appeasing those individuals who didn't want the legalization of marijuana.
2: I, I think you're right, and I think part of this is that um, at the at the federal government lab, uh, level, they don't want to be labeled as permissive. They know they're doing the right thing in terms of public policy, but at the same time, they want to, in a, in a way, have their cake and eat it too, and not be seen as permissive. So we're, we're going to let it happen, we're going to legalize it, but we don't approve of it. Right, yeah. You know, I have to ask, since you don't mind uh,
0: uh, criticizing government, because here's been my problem all along with this, mm-hmm. my concern, is that I kind of in many ways feel like this is uh, Al Capone's uh, vault, because my biggest reason for wanting the legalization of marijuana was that I thought governments at various levels were going to be able to balance their books and pay off their <laughs> deficits, money. and I'm hearing instead that, well, we're not counting on that money, or that that money's going to go towards other things related to the sale and consumption Consumption of marijuana as opposed to, you know, paying for the essentials uh, to run a government. Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: A a couple things. Uh, One, I want to give uh, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau a lot of credit for something very rational that he did from the beginning. He said this is not going to be an immediate windfall for government. In fact, we're going to start off by spending more to make sure that that everything's safe, that the regulations are good, uh, that people use uh, cannabis responsibly. That is honest. That's really... That's good leadership. Um, The second thing I will say is that uh, after a few years of this market being normal and regulated, uh, we are going to find that it will be producing revenue. In Colorado, uh, the state of Colorado, where they legalized several years ago, um, it is becoming a significant source of government revenue. And so it's paying for schools and it's paying for public programs. So we will get there. Um, I I would say that the, the primary reasons for legalizing uh, uh, cannabis for adult consumers, and not really to collect more tax revenue, but to, uh, to, to replace that, that black market um, and you know keep the, as the government says, keep the profits out of the hands of organized crime and also to reduce the social harms associated with prohibition. Let's remember that we had tens of thousands of Canadians ending up with criminal records. Disproportionately affected were visible minorities and indigenous people in this country. Uh, and the same thing in the United States. So this, is not, uh, uh, this was not a law that was uh, uh, even-handedly applied. We're making things better, and we're also acknowledging the failure of prohibition, where it made no sense to prohibit something that was being used by 5 million-plus Canadians. So those are the primary reasons. We will have some spin-off social benefits, and some of them quite significant. Um, uh, a little over a year ago, I was speaking at a high school south of Calgary, and a a gym full of about 700 kids, and we talked about uh, medical cannabis, we talked about pending consumer legalization, we talked about youth and cannabis, um, and what reasons they could come up with on their own, what were their own reasons for delaying use of intoxicants, whether it be cannabis or alcohol or prescription drugs, until they were adults. And then after that, I asked a question of the audience. I said, how many of you have had somebody offer you cannabis uh, at school? to sell you cannabis. Most of the hands went up. And then I asked them, how many of you have had somebody offer to sell you liquor at school? And no hands went up. That's what we're aiming for. And to me, what that says is, with a well-regulated system and a few years of experience, we can get to that point where it would be just as unthinkable to give a, an underage kid cannabis as it would be to give an underage kid alcohol. That's where we're going. We're going
0: to achieve some real... Although alcohol tourism. works the opposite way, right? That's i do not sure that was the right question. Because had you asked, how many of you uh, could raise your hands now if you've asked somebody
2: over 18 to go in a liquor store and get okay. them liquor? You know, I, I have a 16-year-old son. He, he is in grade 10 right now. He knows all the kids who use cannabis. None of the kids use alcohol at school, but they all, uh, a lot of them, uh, use cannabis. That's something that I want to see go away. I want to see a change in social attitudes. That's one of the key reasons for doing this, for uh, consumer legalization. And we will achieve it. And I'll tell you something. It's not just Canada that will benefit from this. We're the leader here and the pioneer, and we've got the entire developed world watching us. So they're already copying our medical cannabis system, which is the most mm-hmm. well-developed and successful in the the world and they're watching very carefully what we're doing with consumer legalization. They all know it's the right thing to do but they're letting Canada go first. They trust Canada to be the pioneer. And that's kind of cool. Uh, there's an element of patriotic pride in this. The world trusts Canada to get the big public policy issues right. And I think that you will find that not not too long after we do this, we show some evidence that it's actually working. We're, there will be other countries in Europe, in, uh, in uh, Oceania, uh, in South America, and maybe even the U.S. on a federal level uh, that will move in the same direction. And we get to know that we were the leaders, that we did something. We we, we gave a gift to the world.
1: I could uh, keep you here to four o'clock, uh, Cam, but uh, I suspect you have another place to get to. I want to thank you, the Chief Operating Officer of Aurora Cannabis, joining us in studio this afternoon. Look forward to talking to you again. Anytime. Thank you.
0: The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.